it's it's too bad we didn't record that exchange just now because I, that was hilarious. I think we're fine to not record that exchange. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we are comic gold, damn it, comic gold. Oh, sure. Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Bill. Make sure you click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can catch up on all of our back episodes by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. And pretty please with sugar on top, engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the watchlist pod. And don't forget to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Pretty please with sugar on top. Yes, please. So as we're recording this, it is Christmas Eve. So happy Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve. And by the time we're done recording this, it'll be Christmas. And that by the time that people listen to this, it'll be after that. So if you have enjoyed Christmas, happy belated Christmas. If you celebrate another holiday, I we, we hope you are having a wonderful holiday season and enjoying life, love, family, the whole bit. And if you just had a day off, I hope it was great. Yeah, exactly. I got two things, and one of them was bitterly disappointing. Yeah, I think that is the same one of three things that I have. So let's four things, four total things. One of those four. Yes. Let's let's save that. You've got four things. I've got Mm -hmm. two. One of them bitterly disappointing. Mm -hmm. So kick us off, and then I'll, you know, do the normal. So the first of my things is a movie that's currently on Netflix. It's from 2018, and I did not know this existed uh, prior to uh, this week. It's called Fast Color. It was written by Julia Hart and Jordan Horowitz. Uh, Jordan Horowitz is the producer of La La Land, if you know who he is. Yeah. Um, So it's the not-too-distant future. In a vague Midwestern United States location, we don't really know in any specifics of where, as far as I could tell. Um, and it hasn't rained in eight years. Our gal Ruth, who is played by Gugu M. Emba, hang on. Gugu Mbatha Raw. I was gonna get it. I wrote it phonetically, even. <laughs> But she stars in this movie. She is a homeless woman wandering the country. She's hot wiring cars. And clearly we see she's running from something. And then we find out that she has seizures that trigger earthquakes wherever she is. And of the people she's, she is running from a group of people that seem to be like government-y type people. Mm Mm-hmm. She finally makes it home, and her mother, Bo, played by Lorraine Toussaint, she has been caring for Ruth's daughter, Lila. Grandma has. And they live on a farm in the middle of nowhere where it is miles and miles away from anything. Whether it's the town or neighbors, everybody's like, so far away. And that's when we find out that Bo and Lila both have the ability to disintegrate objects with their mind. They can also reassemble these objects. Oh. And through the female line, 
the women all have this power and they see the colors. Except Ruth does not see the colors. She could for a little bit do what mom and daughter do, but then things went bad and then she got these seizures that create earthquakes. So the bad people find them and stuff happens. I don't want to give anything away about what the stuff is because this was really good. It was a really good sci-fi kind of super powery thing and they're wondering you know the uh, lila the little girl is wondering if there are other people with these powers out there and what could we do together and yeah big shit goes on and although the ending is kind of like that's where you're ending it really there's what what so but it was good it was good to watch and and i liked it i recommend it i think you should check it out and what's it called again it is called Fast Color. Nice. I had not heard of this. I don't know what happened to this in 2018 when it came out. Well, all right. Yeah. Maybe they were setting up for a sequel that never happened? Perhaps. I, I do not know. Okay. But if you don't know where you've seen Gugu Mbatha, right? Yep. Uh, she is in Loki. And many other thing, but you many probably noticed things. her in Loki as Ravana Renslayer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's been in. She is an awesome she's actress. She's been in a ton. She was in Doctor Who. She was uh, Mar Martha Jones. She was Martha Jones's sister. On oh, she Who. was Martha Jones's sister. Yeah, she played Tish Jones. Oh no shit. Martha Jones's sister. All those years ago with uh All those years and years ago. With with Homie. Um what's his name? Yes. David Tennant. Yes. Oh back, well. back when. Right. So the other thing, one of the other things I have is Tick Tick Boom. Oh, you watched the, that. The musical, uh Lynn Manuel Miranda's featured directorial debut. This is also on Netflix, and it stars Andrew Garfield, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, it's based on Jonathan Larson's semi-autobiographical -autograph stage play musical. So this takes place in the 90s, and he is working at a diner in Soho, and he's prepping for a workshop of his musical called Suburbia. And he's trying to get people to attend this workshop. And it kind of tanks that suburbia, superbia, pardon me, not suburbia, superbia. Mm -hmm. It kind of tanks because it's a little ahead of its time, I guess. I mean, it's supposed to be in the future and nobody really understands what's going on in this thing. So he's kind of really crushed because he's been working forever on this. So he starts working on another one, which uh, it's like a rock and roll kind of musical, which so that's what so this is him working on that to get it into another workshoppy thing to get more feedback to find out, you know, if this can go anywhere, this new musical he's working on. He's also, this also follows his relationships with his friends, his former roommate and best friend, his girlfriend and that relationship, 
and he's turning 30, which is always a huge thing when you're 29 going on 30 and the world is about to end in your in your head because you're going to be fucking 30 and that's so old. <sighs> so this is like funny and it's sad and it's brilliant. And if you are not into musical theater or theater in general, this is not going to be your thing. But if you are like I am, I love theater. I love musicals. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was amazing. The songs were good. Vanessa Hudgens is actually pretty good. Sweet. I didn't think she was really that good of an actress, but she is. She does a good job in this. It's amazing and who Andrew, surprises you. Yeah, right? Yeah. And Andrew Garfield is brilliant in this role. And oh, I don't... There's other people in it that I I don't... I I didn't... I kind of only half recognize them. Uh but they're the guy who plays his roommate is brilliant because the roommate goes on and gets a job in advertising. He like gives up his acting kind of dream and goes into advertising and he's trying to get Jonathan into the advertising, make real money kind of a world and not the struggling artist kind of money. Mm. Look, I have this fabulous apartment. You could live here too and make fabulous money. Come work at my company. And yeah, there's that whole dynamic going on as well. It's just damn good. Really good. And that's on Netflix also, you said, right? This is on Netflix. Yes. Tick, tick, cool. boom. Okay. I will check that out. That is one of the ones I legitimately look at and go, oh yeah, I want to watch that. And then when I'm, I'm, I'm on those days where I'm home by myself and picking stuff to watch for the podcast, Laura's not with me. Mm -hmm. And there are some things I'm like, no, I should save this for her. Yeah, one of them on my list I was trying to save for Dwight, but he would come home and immediately go to sleep. And I'm like, well, hmm. Hmm. if I want to talk about this on the podcast, I better just watch it now. Hmm. True that. <laughs> Which happened earlier today. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So there's two of my total of four. What okay. do you have, sir? So I started watching a TV show called Harlem. Okay. And it is a brand spanking new TV series, a 10-episode series that has debuted on Amazon Prime Video. It debuted on December the 3rd. So, okay. you know, very new. And it follows just friends, uh, very specifically women friends, who met while attending uh, NYU. And they're now in their 30s. They live in Harlem and they're trying to it is basically friends. I mean, they they try to balance love and life and their careers as working professionals and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, it is engaging as fuck. How old are these women? They're in their 30s. You said that, didn't you? And somehow. Yes, I, I did, it, because you don't okay. listen to me. I, I swear I was. <laughs> but then I I didn't remember what you said. So I, yeah. Brain fart. I'm a net. Okay. I'm a net. That's all right. But there are, there are a few things that I love about this show. And I have to take it through a few lenses. So, mm -hmm. so bear with me for a second. Okay. I have always said that I think that the way forward when it comes to portraying different people and different um just different genders and races and sexuality on tv is to just show it 
you know, don't make a big deal out of it. It is just natural within that world, right? You know, yeah. who, like who gives a shit? And one of the one of the main characters is is very out and a lesbian, okay. and is one of and, and is one of this group of friends. And you see her trying to date and she picks up another woman on this app and they go back to their place and have sex in a very comedic way almost like samantha did on sex in the city and it's a sex scene portrayed just normally the way it should be and i love that another thing that it does is it takes four african-american women and shows the same you know, angst and the same things and all that stuff. And this kind of piggybacks on that other show, Grand Crew. Okay. That I picked up on. And what I like is there seems to be this movement of, you know what? We are you. And we have the same shit going on in our lives and all of that. So I take it through that lens of, I guess, normalcy. And I and I hate that I have to describe it like that because I don't want a lot of people to look at that show and go, oh, it's not for me because it, you know, it's got four black people on it. Yeah, no. I'm not going to understand what they're going through. Right. I don't know them. Yes, you fucking do. And mm-hmm. and problems are problems and dating is dating. And it doesn't matter what sexuality you are, what race you are, the whole bit. Harlem is just a well put together show and is the true heir apparent to Sex in the City. Nice. Good to know. Okay. And not that I watched much of Sex in the City. I've I've seen a few episodes here and there. I kind of know the characters. I know what's going on. But it is a great 2021 version of Sex hmm. in the City. And they also, in the final lens that I will take it through, is how they see the gentrification of Harlem. So they have seen Harlem steadily change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything from waiting in line at a restaurant in Harlem or just seeing different ads and different businesses in Harlem. And it's, and it's just very interesting. So I highly recommend Harlem. Ten episodes, Amazon Prime Video. Okay. Give it a whirl because I think it is awesome. And from what you're saying about how they're just everybody, they are you, they are me, and their regular lives, that's kind of what I like about the Korean dramas. What I'm learning is everything that goes, aside from specific cultural type of ways of interacting with like elders, you respect elders, and there's a certain hierarchy just based on age alone Mm -hmm. and some other little things their daily lives are very much the same as our, as Americans, you know, they go to work, they eat food. They might have a bajillion plates on the table because of Korean food has all these little side dishes and little tiny bowls, but they're eating dinner. They're eating breakfast. They're going out to eat at restaurants. It's all, they have international restaurants, American food and, and such, just like we have Korean restaurants and Italian restaurants. It's all the same. Yeah. And that's like it's it's different stories, but I can relate to them. And that it sounds like Harlem is very much the same thing. It is. I can relate to people and don't just give up on it because of what the what it looks like. like. Yeah. Or where it takes place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I 
and I, on one hand, I hate having that conversation because I think you and I and other people that we know are elevated from that. Yeah. You know, that will watch something for the simple fact that it looks interesting. Yeah. Rather than, oh, it may or may not appeal to me because of a very superficial reason. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we don't have that conversation, we may or may not convince somebody that a Korean drama or a Korean movie or, uh, as an example, Train to Busan, one of the best zombie movies I have ever seen in my life, just happens to be set in South Korea. Yeah. Who gives a shit? You know, they're still running from the same the same types of zombies that fucking Dave Bautista does in Land of the Dead. Yeah. So well, and and Money Heist. It's a heist movie. Just because it's got Spanish people and it's in Spain doesn't mean you're not gonna understand what's going on. Yep. Yep. So it, take a show like Harlem and realize that those people and you, and in your Korean dramas and your Spanish dramas and your Spanish from Spain and and all of your dramas from a worldly perspective and just whittle it down to the base thing that these things are made because everybody's life is just like yours. Yeah. Plain human, and fucking simple, same. you know? And that's the beauty of it. And I and I also like to see this normalcy happen. Yeah. As as I have said, just normalizing what you're seeing is not indoctrination. It is not some type of brainwashing. It is not some type of bullshit that is out there, some socialist plan by space monsters or whatever the fuck this week. <laughs> it is it is truly just what life is. Yeah. And you have gay people and straight people and black people and Asian people going through the same shit. So if you take it as that, you will realize that this world just became a bigger place for yourself and is a little bit more awesome because of it. And that is my soapbox and, and, and all of this. I can't wait to keep diving into these episodes. Cool. I'm, and you said it's on uh, Amazon prime, Amazon prime video. So if you're getting a a package, Yeah, if if you if you, if you have an Amazon subscription, you fucking have Amazon Prime, so use it. Yeah. All right. Okay, so the last of mine before we do the one we've both seen. Yeah. Is it's on Netflix. It just came out. It's called Don't Look Up. Oh, you watched all the Leo DiCaprio thing. It. <gasps> yes, it's got everybody in it. Okay, let's just start there. It is written, directed, and produced by Adam McKay, and mm-hmm. he co-wrote Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Ant-Man. He also did The Big Short. Mm-hmm. So he's got com- comic stuff and some serious stuff that he made a little funny, because The Big Short was kind of made a little bit funny. And it's got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet... Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Tyler Perry. It's got a whole bunch of people in it. A whole bunch of people are in this. Some of them are little teeny tiny parts and some of them are a little bit bigger. But this movie takes that apocalyptic 
movie trope where the scientists discover this planet destroying thing. They go straight to the government where the government's like, yes, we must take immediate action and do something. And he like tells what would really actually happen in today's world where they would take it to the president who would make them, the staff would make them wait for a few days in the waiting room because the president is way too busy for scientists. And then when they finally get to tell the scientist, the president that you've got six months before this giant asteroid that is as big as Mount Everest is going to destroy our planet and kill everyone. We have to do something now. She will say, Hmm, well, midterms are coming up and this won't play well. So we'll just wait. And it just gets, well, the situation gets worse from there. The movie itself doesn't get worse. It's very much idiocracy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's funny because it's true and that's how this shit works. But it's sad because it's true and that's how this shit works. I, I saw the trailer for it and everybody is trying is making light of this thing that that Jennifer Lawrence and Leo DiCaprio know is going to end the world. Yes. And and they're just all superficial and, and all of yes. this. That's what I get from the trailer. That is exactly what's going on. And you've got the now they've politicized a fucking asteroid coming for the planet in don't look up. Because it's there's nothing there while the scientist people are like, just look up and you will see it coming for us. Now, from us, so it's an asteroid literally the size of Mount Everest in this movie. That's, he says that, yeah. He, he says he's he says it's as big as Mount Everest. It's like I forget how big they actually say it is because those numbers in my head are just like. Uh, numbers it's yeah. it's big and it, but all you need to know is it's big enough to destroy the entire fucking planet and with six months left and there, it's there got six months for it to get here for us to do something but within six months there ain't shit you can do they were gonna shoot nukes at it well that's all we got yeah that's one of the things in the that they talk about doing. I don't want to tell you everything because no, really, don't because I do want to really, see you, this. You need to watch this. You really need to watch this because it is it's a satire and it's kind of it, it's talking about politics today, really. And, and that just dropped on Netflix, right? It just dropped on Netflix. I think to today, the twenty fourth of December. Yes. Oh wow, cool. I believe it is brand new today. All right. I want to watch it again, even though, even though, because, you know, it's sad because it's true and that's how shit works, yeah. but it's funny because it's true and that's how shit works. Um, I want to watch it again and see other little things that I may have missed, you know, like some of those little sure. bits that they drop in there that you're like, what? And, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, then maybe by watching that and Tick, Tick, Boom and a few more episodes of Harlem, I could actually clear the bad taste out of my mouth from The Matrix Resurrection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I was waiting for Dwight to watch that with him. But 
uh, last night he went to sleep and never came back down. Um, and then I got into whatever show it was that I was watching while I waited for him. So, mm. so this morning I'm like, well, if we're going to talk about this, I guess I'm going to watch it now in the middle of the morning. Okay. And I am was, I'm starting up matrix resurrection. Was, was it any better <laughs> in the morning than it was when we watched it like five, six o'clock at night? So what I would call matrix resurrection is it one or two? Resurrection or resurrection? Resurrections. I think it's oh, resurrections. It is plural. Okay. Plural. I've typed it out as plural, but now I'm wondering. Anyway, Matrix Resurrections. It is a glorified clip show. You know how all TV series have one of those episodes that's just like thrown in to make it an even number of episodes, and it's just clips from all the past episodes mm -hmm. woven together? That's what this is. It's I... a glorified clip show. I didn't necessarily mind that. I minded that an hour and 15 minutes into it, Laura and I are looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> why? Why? What is the point of all of this? And we both started to fall asleep. Oh, no. So we're watching it. And I'm excited for The Matrix Resurrections. I really am. Now, on, on one hand, it's the last movie we're going to get on HBO Max for free, a theatrical release that's also released day and date on HBO Max. So I do have to say, even though most of your release slate was crap, Warner Brothers, thank you for doing that during this year of COVID. I greatly mm -hmm. appreciate it because at least I you had Dune. That. Right. Yeah. At least you had Dune. Yeah. But God damn, what a shitty way to end the year. There was part of, through some some part of it, I kind of just started getting up and walking around and getting lunch together and making mac and cheese and like, meh, uh, uh, it, it's, I'm not missing a damn thing because nothing's really going on. It's just clips from the old movie and I'll sit down and I still know where we're at and still no idea what the point of this whole damn movie was. And just to let everybody in on this, so what had happened was, and, and, and here's a spoiler if you haven't seen the third Matrix movie, The Matrix Revolutions, Neo and Trinity die. And they die trying to get to the source so that the Matrix can be rebooted and Neo saves the planet and can kill Agent Smith. All right. That's basically all you need to know about the Matrix Revolutions. So you jump in and you find out that Neo was plugged back into the Matrix. That is not a shocker. I'm not revealing anything because it is obviously in the trailer. Mm -hmm. And so is Trinity. Mm-hmm and and Keanu Reeves's character Tom Anderson actually has all of these dreams that he from his life previously and he's now the most successful game maker in the world because he made a game called The Matrix which is the story of all of the Matrix movies 
Now, some people see this and get involved in it and they blah, blah, blah. It really doesn't matter because it's at that point where it just becomes needlessly over convoluted, filled with clips to kind of remind you of what's happened, as well as some type of parody of what's going on, as well as a new story. It, it, it It's an ambitious undertaking. Yeah, yes. That probably misses the other Wachowski sister. Mm. Because... Uh, Lana and um, and Dana Wachowski both wrote the original Matrix, which was a great movie. I think I think that's their names. Hold on. I thought they both start with an L, but I could be wrong. Uh, there's Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski. Yes, I thought they both start with L. Yep, yep, yep. My bad. <laughs> but I I truly think uh, I. That by only having one steer the ship this time, something is missing, and it might be clarity. I watch enough shows like Project Runway and Top Chef, and they always talk about editing. Yeah. How if you edit something, it turns out a lot better, or taking something away makes it a lot better. Mm-hmm. I am all about. I am all about, you know, a, a an elevated level of complexity to a story. I think it adds nuance to it. But there are proper ways to do it, like a movie like Memento. Mm, there, there, I love that one. Oh, it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. And it required you to think, but it wasn't overly complicated. Yeah. Once you figured out it was being told in reverse time, it's a fucking brilliant movie. Yeah, yeah. But this movie tries so hard to recapture the old movie Mm -hmm. that it just fails and it's boring as fuck and we're trying to figure out what's going on by the time we figure out what's going on and we're piecing it all together more action porn happens and it's action porn talk action porn talk action porn talk and i just wanted to watch john wick movie at that point yeah 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 i hit a point where i'm like oh if this was a john wick movie it would still suck but there would just be a lot more action and and it would be simpler it would be much simpler action i would know better what was happening is that he just wants to kill all these people and live a quiet life yeah (laughs) as opposed to why are they plugged back into the matrix and And then and then the ultimate bullshit is that the 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 uh, see here I'm getting into dangerous spoiler territory hmm. and I'm torn because I don't want to spoil a brand new movie but at the same time it sucks and I feel like we're saving people from it. Yeah, well by Monday will enough people have heard how sucky it is that they would care if we spoil it. I would think that enough people have seen because my prediction for this movie. I don't know what it's going to make over this this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it actually opened on a Wednesday. Okay. So it opened on a Wednesday, and Wednesday openings are never good. Yeah, no. If you learn anything about the movie business, people, people maximize a five-day weekend because they know their movie is shit, 
And that is the only chance that they have to get the maximum box office because they know it's going to sink like a stone. Mm. So the movie opened on a Wednesday of this past week, two days ago as we record this. I'm guessing that the box, Spider-Man is still going to be the number one movie by far. This will be number two. I think it'll make somewhere between 40 and $50 million because you can stream it Mm -hmm. at home if you have HBO Max. It is going to sink by 75% at least in its second week because it sucks. So if you don't want to hear what I'm going to talk about, just fast forward like two minutes beginning in three, two, one. To have Barney fucking Stinson from How I Met Your Mother be the bad guy? Oh, but Neil Patrick Harris does an amazing bad guy. He does an amazing bad guy. Uh, he is. He, you can see how he relishes being a bad guy. He is an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. And I do like him as a bad guy. He played a quasi-bad guy on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I think the thing about How I Met Your Mother is that he was actually probably, no. He wasn't like the evil villain in How no. I Met Your Mother. No, because none of those characters were really redeemable. But he does do a good evil villain. Yes, he does. But I almost found it too caricature-ish. That is true. The yes. way that he that. played it. Mm-hmm. And then there are all these things that people have been picking apart for months with the trailer of, you know, he's wearing blue glasses. He, you know, he's giving Neo a blue pill. You know, he's I, trying to I keep noticed me- all of that. Yes, all that, of that the, was very in your face. All of the blue and they're hitting you over the head with the color symbolism of blue versus red and blah, blah, blah. The original Matrix just gave it to you simply. You either take the red pill or the blue pill. They're not beating you over the head with the symbolism. Because yeah, if this, you're looking at yeah. this, you're like, what the, f- okay, I'm smarter than this. Yeah, the, the whole thing is very, um, two choices, very black and white, very um, on off binary, this, that, yes, no, through the whole movie. Through the whole movie. And it's not <sighs> just red pill, blue pill choice. It's like all of this is like an either or when it's like, why can't we have both? Yeah. <laughs> and it's some, and it, and, and that symbolism and that is just like lousy in your face. Like I even noticed it. That's how lousy in your face it is. Yes. And it doesn't need to be. No. Sometimes a movie does need to, as I've always said, onboard you. If, you know, every movie needs to slow down enough so that the the passive viewer can get on the train and enjoy it. But this train stopped at the station. The conductor got off, got himself a coffee, sat, had a sandwich and waited for that train to become fucking full before it started up again with the (laughs) symbolism in this movie. I just didn't like it. It was boring. It was was not that great. And I did read another review of it, and I agree with it completely. One of the reasons why the first Matrix was so important was that it was so different. It, it revolutionized a, photo, a, a photographic trick like bullet time. Mm-hmm. It had 
besides the special effects, it had a nice story to it. It just seemed like fresh storytelling. It was, it, it really did round out the 90s as an important piece of film. The sequels just continued on with that, but at least they were made by both sisters. So there was a consistency, I think. They were both kind of simple to follow. Mm -hmm. This one was just so unnecessary that I legitimately hope that, and not that I wish any film bad, and I love Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, if you are listening, we love you, man. I totally love you, man. Totally love you, man. Carrie Ann You're Moss, awesome. love you too. Oh, totally. You know, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, you are the you are the man. You are the shit. All of you could have found better things to do. Yeah. Than this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So even if they all did a different movie together, I that would that'd be cool. I'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be down with it. I would watch that shit. I'd uh, watch the shit out of that shit. I would watch the shit out of that shit because they're all talented. Yes. I did. The one thing I did find very interesting in this movie, they, they, there's a point in this movie where Keanu Reeves is reawakened mm -hmm. outside of the Matrix as he was in the first movie. Yes. And now this time he did not shave his eyebrows. Oh. <laughs> If you if you notice that in I the did first not notice that no. in the first movie he he committed he shaved bald and he shaved off his eyebrows too. Hmm. In this movie, no, no, he got woken up with his eyebrows, <laughs> but they shaved him, and they shaved off that John Wicky beard that he has now, hmm. which I'm sure he had to use because you know at the same time he's filming John Wick. Ah, yeah, but he looks just the same. God bless him. He looks he looks right? just like a slightly older version of himself. Yeah. And Carrie Ann Moss too. I mean, it's yeah. been it's been a minute since those movies yeah. came out. She still looks great. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. If you have an undying if you just have this need to watch this movie, please be drunk or at <laughs> least or or at least know that we have forewarned you. Yeah. Keep your your expectations low. And keep your ears on because yeah. if you fall asleep, not that you really miss anything. You're not going to miss anything. Yeah, I guess not, but god damn it. Why no, it shouldn't have been that hard. Anyway, <laughs> The Matrix uh, Resurrections. Bleh. Yeah. And like from Don't Look Up, it's that was one of those movies where I was sure I knew where they were going to end it. I was certain I knew. I'm like, they're going to do this, and that's how it's going to end, and fuck them. But they didn't do that. Ooh. I was surprised. At, I was like, what? I think I'm wrong on this one. They're not doing that. <gasps> yeah. That's I like pleasant. when I can't guess what's going to happen. That's pleasant. See, I like that. Yeah. I, I was pleased that I guessed incorrectly with how they were going to end that. Whereas The Matrix relied too much on nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah. 
And if they had cut out, oh, they were oh, just, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I was so was... hyped up to see that movie. And uh, it was a disappointment uh, to say the least. Mm-hmm. God damn it. And, and truthfully, now that we're just saying all of this, as much as I actually did like the second Matrix movie, and I and I'm okay with the third one, you really only need to see the very the very first original Matrix movie. You really yeah, only do. Yeah. So again, the Matrix, bleh, the original Matrix. Oh my God, was that amazing? And yeah. still is amazing and yeah. holds up. And all the only thing that doesn't hold up in the original Matrix is the cell phones that they use, but only because it takes place in 1999. Mm -hmm. And as long as you know that, those were the hot phones of the day. So suck it. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Cool. All right. That's all I got. Oh, and speaking of, and by the way, shout out to David. Hey, David. Hey, David. Thank you for the heads up. And speaking of John Wick, John Wick 4 has been pushed back to 2023 now instead of 2022. Oh. Right? He's probably got to regrow that beard, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. As far as I know, there's no reason given for it being pushed back. Hmm. Uh, But, yeah, we're not going to get another John Wick movie until 2023. Yeah. Anywho. All right. All right. So log on to the watchlistpod.com, click on that contact us button, or engage us on social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol Pirate Alice. Did you watch that new Matrix piece of shit? I'm sorry, Matrix movie. And what did you think of it? I'm sorry. I'm biased now. Uh, What did you think of it? And then just, again, as always, we would love to know what you're watching so that we can kind of know what we should be watching. Yeah. So hit us up and let us know. And that's all I got this week. That's all I have, too. Oh, God. So next week, we should probably do our, like, best of or something, a year in review TV movies. I'm going to say year year in review best of everything. Yeah. If I yeah. if I liked it regardless of its of its yeah. media. Yeah. It should have a, a series and movies. Yeah. Something we, regardless of its medium uh, we'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So we'll wrap up 2021 next week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, and wait. See if there's anything coming up for 22. Oh, and well, we're finally going to gonna shout fucking... out as 22 stuff is uh, finalized, maybe. Uh, sorry, I had to vent there for a minute. It's okay. Anyway. I'll just cut it all out. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Everybody, have a good rest of your week as we lead up to uh, New Year's Eve. And uh, we will chat with you again soon. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Okay, bye. Okay, bye.